All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this holiday season. We want to celebrate Christmas with you all, and we have two of our really good friends and our listeners too, as well, hanging out with us today. Peter and I is gonna let them introduce themselves. Let's say hey to Dow and Agnes. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Dow, and I have been friends with Tret since 2011. We met in the Miss Asian American Colorado Leadership Program, and I've known Peter for quite a number of years as well because we all went to Regis University for our undergraduate degrees. I am so happy to be here today, super excited for the holiday season, and just ready to hang out with you all and chat. Uh, today, we're probably going to be talking about my career path, which has been really up and down and all over the place. So I'm excited to give you some insight on what I've been learning over the years. But as of now, I am currently pursuing a master's degree in social work, hoping to become a licensed clinical social worker so that I can counsel and work with the Asian community here in Colorado. Well, welcome, Dal. <laughs> uh, hey, everyone. Um, my name is Agnes. I am a fourth year medical student applying into a psychiatry residency this year and I met Dow and Peter at Regis University and then through them uh, went through the ACO program where I met Trent. So I'll be sharing kind of my path through uh, medical school and what led me there. No, that's awesome. No, thank you for introducing yourself and, uh, and moving forward into the spirits of the holidays and into the new year. We wanted to share cherished gifts and our hopes and dreams for 2021. And just from two great perspective of two aspiring professionals in the medical and social work and their journey so far. And like Dower mentioned, there's so many ups and downs and I'm sure Agnes has the same um, going through her career and some of her experiences. Peter and I can't wait for some stories of oh, yeah. all of this. I mean, both fields have their own difficulties. I know Agnes with medical field. I have a cousin in the medical field too, and he's, he's like, I don't know how he's surviving. He's just that kid, but he. I, when I talked to him, he's like, eh, I don't know why I did this, but I'm in too deep, so I'm just gonna keep going. So, <laughs> and it's it's great because we always talked about, um, you know, how your parents want you to be a doctor or a lawyer, in that sense. Um, and most of our podcast so far has strayed away from that. As in, what do you do? Oh man, I I create suits or I design suits or I'm a marketing consultant, communication consultant. I'm an artist, I'm a something else, but it's also great to hear from somebody that is, is going through that and that's what they are passionate about. So it, it's, it's bringing, shining light on that. Let's jump right in, Peter. If anyone has their, their valuable gifts that they received in like Christmas or like the holidays or something like that, like just describe them and tell us, you know, why it's valuable. Because I know like somewhere in our lives we received something that gave us like that boost or that jump in our lives that we're like, oh, like this is valuable and, I, and you have it till this day. So when I thought about this question, I um, I kind of have a cop-out answer for you guys. <laughs> um, but gifts, I mean, gifts are just really important to me in general because that's one of my love languages. And to clarify, I think people usually are like, oh, like, you know, you're you're just um, like a gold digger and you like gifts. And that's not what that means in terms of love languages. Um, for me, it's like gifts in that like are meaningful and thoughtful. So I think a lot of people know, but like I will go out and see something that reminds me of someone. It may be the weird thing in the world, but like I'll buy it and give it to them. And that's like my love language. It's like reminders of people. So yeah, during the holiday season, gifts is like, I mean, it's my jam. So <laughs> I'm all about the gifts. Um, but I think in terms of gifts that were given to me, one of the most meaningful gifts that I ever got was um, a camera from my dad and a camera lens um, from one of my friends. And to me, it was just really important because my dad, and we'll go into this, but He's always wanted me to be in the medical field and, you know, as many of us Asians have felt. Um, and I didn't think he really supported me in my art and like my creativity. So the year that he actually bought me my camera was like a really um, heartfelt thing because it meant that in a way he supported what I was doing. And 
the lens, I mean, the lens was like something that I've been wanting forever. And it really, I think was like the beginning of my photography career, or at least like all the stuff that I did in college and then all the um, photography stuff that I did on the side, like that really helped. So those two things together um, have been really impactful for years and I still have them. So um, yeah, but my cop-out answer, I, I want to say that the most valuable gift um, that I think we do all together is our friend's calendar. So <laughs> a couple years back. <laughs> we won't go into details <laughs> on certain things, but yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couple years back you know how everyone gets together with their friends for uh, the holidays and stuff I don't know what triggered me to do it and I don't even remember it being my idea but we decided to do a photo shoot and make a calendar and it, it I mean it was so fun and I look back on it this is our third year doing it and I look back on it and I just love the entire process of it I think doing the photos, like taking the photos themselves, is so fun and like just a great way for us to bond and laugh and create memories in that sense. And then the editing of the photos and putting them into the calendar is a whole other experience. Agnes and I know last year we had we had a little too much fun doing that, <laughs> putting you guys in weird, weird backgrounds and weird quotes. Um, but yeah, I think to me it's just like of all the things, it's, I know it seems simple because it's just a calendar and like paper, you know, it's not an expensive gift or anything, but it's, I just love seeing that like every month and knowing each other's birthdays and knowing things that we're celebrating and just being reminded of all the memories that come about. So Peter, you get to experience that for the first time this year. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> excited. I'm still thinking what I need to do. So I'm like, huh. Should I? It's one myself. of those things that you think about, but we honestly, as a group, we'll just like slowly, oh, you should do this. And then everybody just convinced one another. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I caught on. With CJ last year, you know, it just, it was a joke. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, his shirts was off. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I was kidding, but sure. Uh, yeah. No, I wasn't really kidding. It, it was like trying to build off something. And then it was fun. It turned out great. Uh, we, we always have just different things, different themes that come up. And um, I, I think to put what Dow just said into perspective of how much it meant to her, each one received a calendar, a couple or not, you both get one. Um, each one gets a note written on them. And I'm not talking about just like Merry Christmas or Happy New Year's. It's a, it's a full out personal card to each one within the calendar. So expressing the relationship between yourself whoever it may be and with Dow and how the friendship grew or just around those sense. So that's how much it meant to her. And just kind of to elaborate on that too, as well. There was a, that was that part. It wasn't just, here's a calendar. I took pictures. Cool. See you next year. It was a, uh, it was a memory and they'll bring back whatever years they were within the calendar itself. So, which we all appreciate. Super excited for this year. So yeah, <laughs> prepare yourself, Peter, because usually there's a shirtless picture or two. Oh, I'm prepping. <laughs> I'm prepping. Every day in the gym, I'm like, okay, abs, push-ups, push-ups, <laughs> all day. <laughs> I think Peter's the only one that prepped for this calendar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might be the only shirtless one. <laughs> um, and, and I know Agnes has a, a couple gifts too as well. I know just based on your journey and what you mentioned so far, so. Yeah, um, kind of going off of that, I always feel like the best gifts are um, either like experiences because I think we all are at a point where you know we're starting to understand what's really important to us in our lives and it's not necessarily certain items um, or like the latest gadgets that come out those will always be there they'll always change but I think it's about getting together with your friends and your family and your loved ones and um, maybe doing something that you wouldn't otherwise do. So the friendship photo shoot is um, one example, but I think every time we, you know, plan a trip together, we go to the cabin, um, we just spend time with each other uh, separate from our outside lives. I think that's always a really special kind of gift in a way. Um, or like anything that shows 
you know, that the person who's giving you that gift really understands you um, in a way that maybe other people on the outset wouldn't. So recently, one of my friends dropped off a birthday gift for me and there was some coffee in it, which is like, you know, that person understands who I am automatically. But then they also included fruit and there was a little note and it was like, the fruit is for mooncake, my rabbit. And I was like, oh my gosh, someone who knows me so well knows that the best thing you could do for me is to do something for my rabbit. You know? <laughs> so that was something that was really thoughtful and unique, I thought. Speaking of that, my instructor uh, back in my master's talking about consulting and that was one of her things that she does for clients as well. And it's, it's big because not just it was your birthday, but it was like something else for something that you um, loved and cared for. So it, it just, it all connects and it just, and it, especially coffee for you, because I know you, you drink maybe zero, zero point one of water <laughs> per, per day. <laughs> um, did you have another gift? Um, I think the other way you can go about it, because um, I think it's hard to give really good gifts, right? But I think one way to approach it is if you notice something that someone else needs and then you give them something that would help them to achieve it. So <laughs> Dow and her sister, Hami, um, also one of our friends, they always noticed that I would put like hand lotion on my face because I just thought lotion is lotion. It's fine. I don't care. But they were like, no, you should take better care of your face. And so um, one of my birthday gifts one year was this um, like facial care set with like lotion for your face and a cleanser and all of those things that I hadn't been using. And that was really thoughtful because they knew that I would never take care of my face otherwise, but they gave me something that would make it easier for me to take that step towards self-care. And I thought that was really lovely too. That's meaningful, especially like I think when, in a way like you don't notice like you're not self-caring for yourself, but then someone else would tell you, take a break, take care of yourself or do this something for yourself or you're not spending enough time, but you don't notice because you're just like, whatever, I need to get stuff done like you. That, that that is really valuable for someone to tell you that and it's rare that you ever you know, anyone tells you that my parents say this all the time like hey only people that really tell you what things in life that because they care is probably family they'll really tell you like hey take care of yourself take care of yourself or like close people it's rare that everyone will tell you like hey like do this do this they'll just like oh he looks grubby today whatever <laughs> well i think like we all know like you know self-care we're all taught i think it's become a really big trend lately too to really think about what self-care means and take care of yourself but it's hard to do and i think um to agnes's point of the gift it's i think a lot of us don't like spending money on ourselves you know like it's easy for us to spend money on gifts for other people and like justify you know like hey this is like uh expensive facial cleanser or whatever but you don't want to spend that money on yourself and so um even though the gifts may seem like you know they're not like super meaningful they are in a way that where it's like let me help you take care of yourself i didn't think about it but whitney bought me a toothbrush one and she thought it was the weirdest thing she was like i'm so sorry i couldn't think of anything but i bought you a toothbrush and I was like, no, like that is amazing because I never would have spent that money on myself to buy myself, you know, the Sonicare toothbrush. But because she got it for me, it's like helping me take care of my teeth. So yeah, I, I really liked your answer, Agnes. I didn't think about it in that way, but sometimes the best gifts are, you know, just things that people wouldn't treat themselves to. Some people who love you, like, hey, take a little bit more care of yourself. And look at my skin now. <laughs> <laughs> and glowing. <laughs> look at my teeth. Like, yeah. They're not yellow anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, like you guys both brought up something like we didn't think about. And then, because in the beginning of this, when Peter and I were thinking about it, gifts, it could be a phone, headphones, etc. But uh, that brought up just a story within that gift, uh, like a support, right? And same with Agnes bringing up uh, for Mooncake for her rabbit if 
for everybody that's listening is a rabbit moon cake uh bringing fruits for that something that she cherished so and made me think about the first car my parents bought me it was a big car and it, it wasn't just a car for you to get around it was for me uh, I was playing drums at the time for a band and I need something to carry that around. So they bought me that and in support to my dreams or aspirations of, of course I didn't become a musician, but less somewhere else. But it, at that time I thought I was gonna be a rock star, but just supporting that and that that was more than just a car um, price tag and whatnot, but that was a support. So I wanna bring that up because that how Dow's story made me think about that. No, it's a good it's a good story that we share that because you know like sometimes like Dow and both of you said like we sometimes we don't see the things we need that how we need to like care for ourselves we're just so wrapped into our journeys our background our fields then sometimes in like the quote says you don't invest in your skills really because you think you have everything and you can just push through and dive through so I think you know it's, it's important which you know leads me to the point you know just to get you guys get to know you guys a little bit better like can you test a little bit more about your your backgrounds like skills life experiences and how has it affected your future goals and where you'd like to be i can start um Dow. <laughs> um i will try to sum it up because that is a very loaded question for me and i think it will uh segue into agnes's response really well but um just quick overview of like my background and like where how I got here essentially. Uh, I actually um, in high school wanted to go to Colorado School of Mines to become a biochemical engineer and I was pumped. <laughs> I, I worked so hard in high school and you know just really really went for engineering and got in and got a scholarship and um, you know, it was really great for a few weeks and then I got really sick. And so I, it was really weird, but I was passing out just randomly all the time. And it got to the point where I was missing so much school and just in and out of hospitals that I actually had to withdraw from school. And because of that, they took my scholarship away and I couldn't afford to stay at mine. Um, which at the time I was really upset because that was like my life goal for so long and it just came crashing down. But in being in the hospital and seeing all of the people in the medical field, it really inspired me to pursue a career in medicine as well. So I transferred to Regis. Regis was great. Uh, and for all of those years was working towards going to medical school. And for many years after graduating as well, um, so I worked as a medical assistant in a dermatology clinic in Boulder for a couple years. And then now I'm working in a um, dermatology clinic in Greenwood Village. And that, that was my life for the longest time, um, pursuing medical school. But uh, a few years back, I realized, you know, like something's holding me back. Like every time I went to submit my medical school application, it just didn't feel quite right. And I knew a part of me wasn't ready to commit, um, especially because it's it's a long commitment, as Agnes will tell you. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like twelve years. So I was like, I, you know, this one click can determine the next twelve years of my life and a couple hundred thousand dollars. So, um, just in reflecting and talking to Agnes about it too, like she was such a great support in the whole thing. But I realized that I wasn't ready, and. Um, and, and so then the question became, well, what do I do now? You know, it just felt like I had all these plans, all these goals, and it just all disappeared. Um, and I really didn't know what I could do because I think there's a lot of things that I enjoy doing and a lot of things that I do on the side, but it was like, what do I make into a career? Uh, so talking to Agnes, talking to a bunch of other friends, in fact, I realized I really enjoyed just talking to people. I really... Um, advocate for mental health and so long long answer to your question Peter but um, a lot of my life experiences deal with mental health like I I personally have struggled with mental health for many many years um, seeing counselors periodically and um, just going through a lot of different situations and um, I know that that's not unique to me I think a lot of Asian Americans especially first-generation Asian Americans here which a lot of us are 
um, struggle with mental health and struggle with balancing, you know, the two cultures. Like our, like how do we maintain our traditional Asian culture, but also adapt to this American life that we've been born into. Um, and just a lot of that made me realize like, I really, really like mental health and I really want to make it like a bigger thing in our community. So that's where I am now. Um, I am working towards my master's of social work, um, hopefully to become a licensed clinical social worker, which here in Colorado means that I can be a counselor essentially. Um, so yeah, a lot of my life experiences and interactions with people have driven me towards that career path. And I'm just really excited because I want to promote mental health and just have it really be acknowledged. I think what I realize is that um, a lot of people don't even think that it's a real thing, like a real thing that you need help for, um, but it is. And, you know, I think it's hard to explain to our more traditional family members and like culture, um, like community as well. So that's, that's the goal is making mental health just a priority in our community. Yeah, no, that's good that you bring it up because I feel like it's something like you nailed it on, on the ball pretty much or on the nail just because what whatever is the quote is. But, you know, it's really good because I think people. <laughs> and what Peter meant to say was we're laughing because it, uh, the nail, the nail <laughs> on the head, nail on the head, nail on the head. That's that's what it, what it is. But um, anyways, I think like you, you nailed it on the head because growing up, up like not exactly the same, but similar experience, you know, like parents would be like, hey, go to this field because they don't understand the process that you have to go through to go through like a medical field or in a way they'll push you to it because they see it's a stable future for you. That's secure in quotes. And it's, it's like you're not going to feel like you're going to have financial stress that they had to go through, but vice versa, it did the complete opposite to you psychologically. And like, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of people, me included, you can listen to previous podcasts to hear what happened to me. But for me, I, I was at the low of the low just because I was a pharmacy student, but that just really like destroyed me because I thought it was for financially secure. I thought it was the right way to go. but every time i went into class there was just something wrong every bio every science class every pharmaceutical class was just like a knock on my head and even to this day like you can talk to like any generation they're all like why are you so naive why didn't you stick with it but i'm like honestly like i couldn't not because i'm because in a way they'll be like oh you you don't know or you're naive you're stupid you can follow through it's not that like it's not that i'm an idiot but it's just like I it just nothing synchronized with my head. So, yeah, but like with that being said, like it's it's a really hard hard field. And I know speaking about like struggles. I mean, Agnes, you're in the medical field, and you could probably like say like there's a lot of things going on there that people don't realize, like the how hard it is, and how to keep your mental health in check and be sane too. Yeah, and it's, I think it's difficult for a lot of reasons, but even more so if your heart isn't in it. Um, and so I think that, I mean, you and Dow both spoke about kind of the pressures that go into being born as a first generation um, Vietnamese person and um, having all of these societal and familial pressures to go into something that isn't where your passion is at. And I think that contribute so much to the mental health struggles that our community faces for sure. Since you're we have you on here, I guess can you tell us a little bit more, more about your, your background and how you know how you got to decide that you want to be on the medical field? I think looking back, I mean I struggled with this kind of this idea of career discernment for a really long time. So um, growing up as a little kid I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and I think that kind of comes from, like we've already mentioned, this pressure to do, to go into something that is financially secure, that will help you support yourself and your family. And um, nothing spoke to me when I was young. 
And I think because if you are expected to be good at everything, whether you like it or not, you kind of lose that um, sense within yourself that guides you towards a passion. If you're just suppressing what you hate so that you can be good at it, um, you really don't feel like you like anything or that you're good at anything. So I was going through school, you know, high school, college, doing well in my classes, um, but not really finding an area where um, I felt like I could really dedicate my life to. And it's kind of interesting that we're having this conversation because I know, um, Tret, in your uh, one of your most recent Mr. Goodall posts, you talked about um, this X factor with uh, Amelia from Creative Mind Habits. Um, and that was kind of uh, the process that I went through um, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted because uh, what people were talking about you know, in terms of career discernment, these traditional ways of finding your career didn't work for me. Like I couldn't identify what I liked necessarily and I couldn't identify, um, you know, a goal of like wanting to make money or nothing resonated with me in these traditional ways. And so I really had to be introspective and think, what is it about me uniquely that will that can lead me somewhere, you know, that, that can make me useful and purposeful in the world. And when I looked back on all of these experiences that I had in the past with ACO, with um, the Asian Student Association at Regis, with um, Are You Granting, one of the um, service organizations that I helped start at Regis, um, the volunteer work that I did in high school and the volunteer work that I did in uh, middle school, there was this undercurrent of service um, that had tied all of those experiences together and that was informing all of the experiences that I want to be a part of in the future. And I realized that even though I didn't feel good in you know, academic areas, um, my X factor in a way was that I really wanted to be of service to people who needed me the most. And I felt like there were moments where people would say, you know, I'm too busy, I can't help you, or, oh, I don't, I don't really feel like I can help you at this moment. And I always want to be the person, um, regardless of whatever was going on, that would, that would say, yes, I'm going to help you. And I would drop everything. Um, and I think at, at Regis, like people knew where to find me. I would sit in one corner of the student center, people who needed help with their chemistry homework, their writing, their essays, maybe they want to talk about their careers, maybe they want to talk about something else, they knew where to find me. Um, and so I identified that as, as my thing, that could be my thing um, to, to help me pick my career. And then I was reflecting on the medical field and that wasn't something, ironically, that my parents wanted me to go uh, into. They wanted me to be a software engineer like my brother. Um, and so I was thinking about the medical field and I felt like that was one where, you know, a lot of people don't go into it because it is so difficult. It is, um, as I was talking about, many years of your life um, to go into a field where you work very long hours, um, you're stressed out all the time, you're personal life is always going to be, you know, uh, a compromise in a way um, with your work life. But you are helping people who really, really need you and who are in probably one of the most vulnerable moments of their own lives. Um, so I felt like that was where my X factor could really shine. Um, so I applied to medical school, was lucky enough to get in, um, and then going through rotations, just really fell in love with child psychiatry. And um, I think it's interesting that Dow and I are kind of both going the mental health route, but from two, <clears throat> excuse me, two different approaches. And, um, you know, Dow talked about how challenging mental health is in our own community, but, um, you know, it's, it's a problem and a growing issue throughout the nation. Um, it's the second leading cause of death for people ages 10 to 34. Uh, Colorado is among uh, 
one of the states with the highest suicide rates in this country and one in five people will suffer depression in their lifetime. So within our friend group itself, that's like four or five of our friends. Um, so it's a really big issue and I think Dow and I are both so passionate about confronting the stigma and making a difference in that way. No, I think that's really important that you brought that up. Like you said, like going to Regis, I think it was kind of like plastered everywhere. But when I came to Regis, that was the first thing I noticed was their motto, men and women in service of others. And that's where background story, like that's how like I came to Regis. It's the first thing I noticed and that in a way, that's why it confirmed for me in quotes that that's where I would go. You know, that I would be a medical field student in pharmacy. I can provide medicine for my grandparents, my parents, my children or what, what not. That was my idea. It confirmed it for me, but I couldn't be more wrong. But, you know, like, like you said, it was the struggle that kind of like made you realize like, wait, like everything that I've done in the past, you really have to boil down to what makes you who you are. Like, you know, like Fred and I have talked about like, honestly, when we were kids, we sold candy bars or we sold like really horrible drawn pictures of Pokemon or something, but we were able to hustle that and make people buy it for a dollar, a dollar fifty, two dollars, you know, but we never thought of that as like being us or who we are naturally as people in a way like boiling down to breaking down who you are like service wise it's important like what are your core values that's something that people don't think about their x factor like what are their values and do you stick to it or you kind of are swayed because other people come in and they pretty much jeopardize your idea of who you are and what your values are and what Peter's talking about with the candy bar stuff, that's our two episodes. So for our listeners, yeah. our last two episodes are discussing our origin stories and candy bars and Pokemons. And so go back and listen to that if you haven't done so and you'll get filled in with more of their, our backgrounds in that last two episodes. Just elaborating on everything else. I think I'm the odd man out. I never considered anything regarding medical. You know, it's very important what Dow and Agnes just went over is mental health aspect of it and just a career field they chose. Um, and for all the listeners that need some guidance in that sense or need some ideas or just somebody to talk to, we will include Dow's and Agnes's information uh, in our link and they will share it too as well. And feel free to reach out to them just to, to have somebody to talk to. Uh, they both have this and we all are on that climb to where we wanna be and they can definitely help uh, make it a little bit softer for you to keep climbing up to as well. It doesn't have to be hard. Um, it could be a little bit softer. It still be hard. I take that back. It is a difficult field. It's not <laughs> not to not to like you know sugarcoat or anything for anybody. It'll lighten the impact. There It'll lighten go. the impact. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and you know like speaking of like the gifts and what we mentioned earlier too as well with Dow and Agnes helping on that mental aspect, career advices and that. Uh, Peter and I are offering our service to you as well as our free 45 minute consultation to wrap up the year uh, as we prepare for 2021. As you want to improve some foundation in your marketing or communication strategies and you know, just getting ready for a successful future and keep building off that. So we all are offering something in this holiday in spirit of giving. And of course, you already heard our Instagram before, but mine is Mr. Good underscore all. Mine's Peter underscore the suited marketer. Or if you want to, you can DM us on Hangout Talks as well and we'll, we'll respond to you. Yeah, we respond relatively quickly. We don't leave you on scene. Uh, just the note and everything. And as we move forward, 2021's in, uh, shoot, it's next week. 2021's next week. It's got to hit you. I'm looking at Dow's calendar right now. And it's got to hit you Thursday next week. Thursday is the 1st of January and we're already in 2021. Uh, of course, some may may have said this year went by super quick or some of this year has been, you know, in lack of a better term, uh, crazy. I have to say no. it was rough, but quick. Like Just to summarize it, it was rough, but quick. That's for sure. <laughs> like you don't think about it. Like if you fast forward from, let's say, 
starting April, it just pretty much just went bam, 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 bam. Which one thing after another. Now like, oh, it's the holidays. As we go forward, I, I just want to, for our listeners, for everybody else too as well, and for Dow and Agnes, we would love to hear about what you look forward to in 2021. Uh, career-wise, where you see yourself, and I guess what's important to you in 2021. <laughs> well, for me, 2020 was, um, I want to say it was a pretty good year. I know a lot of things were going on and like we are in a whole different state of mind with COVID and all the stuff, but it was such a year of personal growth for me. So I am just really excited for 2021 because it means a continuation of everything that I've been working towards. Uh, so for me personally, mental health was a big thing this year. I, I hit a really big low at the beginning of the year where I just realized that, you know, I just, I can't continue being the way that I am and continue hiding my feelings. And it just, it really got to the point where I was like, I, I can't even pretend anymore. Like, and everything just was really hard. And so that was a trigger for me to get counseling and work on, you know, these issues that I've had for so many years. And throughout those months had some major changes. Um, the school with personal life family everything and so yeah now I'm in a place where I feel pretty good about things and uh, it's not that like my life is any less messy I guess my life is still very chaotic but I think I I'm just handling it better because I am in a better mental state and that's why I'm really excited for next year just to see like how I continue to take the the hardships that come in life and see how I can react to that and really test out uh, my my mental health and everything that I'm working towards as well that I'm promoting with everyone else. But I'm hoping I get to find out in a week or so if I get into Metro's social work program. So fingers crossed, everyone, please send me good vibes because I yeah I I actually withdrew from my first master's program and. Now I'm applying to another one, which was a huge, crazy move, but uh, I had to tell myself I got in once, I can get in again. Hopefully that's true. <laughs> so yeah, I get to find out if I start school and if I do get in, then I will start school in the fall. Until then, I will just be working at my dermatology job, but uh, Tret and Peter, you've inspired me. I think we always talk about like hustle and like having a side hustle and uh, I really want to kind of think about what I want to do with that in 2021. In the past, I've done a lot of little things and it's always gotten to the point where I question like, is this something that I just love doing for the sake of it? Or like, is it something I can turn into a small business? Um, and so, yeah, we're getting older. Girl needs money. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with that side hustle. We'll see what comes out of that. Maybe I'll make calendars for other friend groups. <laughs> No, for sure. I think no, that's that's good that you brought it up. Like I said, you know, like, well, I think a good tip for everyone is like anything can be a side hustle or a side business and see where it grows. I think people are scared to start. But once you do start, find how it connects to you. Like it, a little thing that, that can connect with you. For me, it was, for, for example, it was like, I want to start like something with protein. I work out a lot. Why not? But I never have Asian flavors and protein. So why not start that? Like just mess with flavors and start being like my own barista or boberista, however you want to say it, in my own home. So it could be little things like that. And then Agnes, did you have any um, anything that you are looking forward to for 2021? Yeah, um, I think it's, like you all mentioned, a really big year, um, not just coming out of 2020, which was so challenging uh, for so many people. But um, as a fourth year medical student, it's a big year because I am applying to residency. So in March, um, which is match day, we will find out where we're going to be for residency. For me, that's the next six years. Um, and no one really knows how the process goes, but um, I will find out my placement at that point, and it could be here, it could be somewhere else in the States. And I think I just look forward to embracing what that new experience will be. 
Um, and one of the reasons being a med student is challenging is you always feel like you're proving yourself. You know, you're trying to do the best that you can, but you have to kind of make sure that other people see it too, um, because you're being evaluated and you're being graded and that will ultimately contribute to where you end up for residency. But um, as a resident, I feel like I can finally just do the work that I've been meant to do and I don't have to worry so much about um, whether other people are seeing that I'm doing a, jo uh, a good job. I can just enjoy it for what it is and be a learner and um, make the changes that I want to make in the future for others. It's going to be the next six years of your life and that that is huge. Looking forward to 2021 in March, which is three months away. Three months away is... Isn't that part scary for you, Agnes? Just knowing... Because the unknown, I think we talked about unknown before, like how, how is that, how's your approach to that part? Yeah, I think it's, yes, it is terrifying, um, especially since I haven't lived anywhere outside of Colorado. So the prospect of, you know, moving is a big deal. And I think also, um, you know, our friend group has, um, we've talked about this before as well, has gotten so close and, I consider you guys my family and so uh, I think the thought of moving away from you guys is really difficult as well but I think anytime you're facing the big unknown I think you have to embrace the growth that comes out of it um, and this is kind of what I talked about when I joined Miss Aco you know and I told you guys that this was something that was new to me and that was an uncomfortable experience in a lot of ways. I had never done kind of that level of public speaking or public exposure before um, that ACO kind of trains you for. Um, but I felt like to be a really good leader, you should um, learn how to be uncomfortable because it'll make you a better person. And I think, um, all of us have experienced challenges that have made us a better person, that has made us more confident, more knowledgeable, more experienced. And so I, I see this upcoming change, regardless of what it'll be, as an opportunity for further growth. Using Peter's word, you hit it on the balls. Uh. <laughs> what I try to do. Uh, but <laughs> but hey, it's, it's, it works <laughs> every time. <laughs> um, just to expand on that, it, you mentioned a really great thing about being comfortable with the uncomfortable, uh, with all of us are going through. I know Dow is going through a second master, different school, changing it up and just seeing where you're at and it's showing that it's never too late to do anything. Uh, and you know, like just, and it's never too late to find what you're really passionate about and just being comfortable with not knowing. And then for you, just knowing the next six years, you don't, that's huge. You don't even know where you live, where you got to stay. It all will get dictated in March and you have little control over that sense. Like you have a little minimal, but it's, at the end, it doesn't really come up to like where you want to go. It's just where they got to place you and just being comfortable with that. And it does help with growth because we're, this year has definitely taught us to, you know, it's very uncomfortable this year, the mass, hand sanitizers, little things that you can't shake people's hand is was huge for me just having that connectivity and um, being around people. You have to be less in this group. You can't really go out to eat and have that social aspect to bring people together, uh, which we all know food brings us together. Um, don't get down started on food, but- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't. I could talk for another two hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's that beautifully unstructured though. You know, like I think I talk about this a lot, but you know, like that's what's the beautifully unstructured thing is. You know, like for me, like you'll jump into something that you never think you would jump into. Like you would jump into a competition or like a convention or whatever it, it is. But then you're like, you step on that stage and you're like, crap, I've never pitched a three minute pitch before. How did I save myself from this? It's kind of like, you know, screw it. Just do it. Like you just go ahead. At the end of the day, you're not going to die from it. So if anything, it's going to help you improve your, like Agnes says, your leadership skills or your experiences. And even if you're so uncomfortable, you just do it. It just 
build you into a better person. And then the people, the right people who really true, truly love you will actually come into your life and fill in those holes and they'll be like, it's fine like to be who you are. Yeah, you're awkward or you're whatever. When I have to remind myself that, you know, when you gain those experiences, it really gives you perspective on um, like how much growth you've done personally. And it's it's kind of confusing, but like for me, a lot of times when I get into the mindset where I start questioning, you know, can I do this or is this the right move? And I mean, my friends know I, I think about things way too much <laughs> and before making any decisions, but I have to remind myself that, okay, like I've been through something like this before and I can do it again. And, you know, with the masters, like when I decided to just drop my program, which was like the craziest thing in, in the moment, but, but I had to tell myself, hey, like you got into this masters once, you can get into a masters again. It's not a one-time thing. And it's like, you have everything that you have within yourself to make this possible. Same with, you know, mental health. I get really, um, worried sometimes that I'm going to fall back into where I was at the beginning of the year. But I have to remind myself like, yeah, I was in a really dark place, but I got out of it. And if I get there, I can get out of it again. And so I guess my little tidbit for everyone is like when you are um, doubting yourself or like scared or, you know, worried about these experiences to Agnes's point, you're going to grow from it. And then that growth will also just be another thing that reminds you that you have the strength and the ability within yourself to do whatever you want to do. Whitney always says, listen to the song, <laughs> worth it. Um, you know, it's the painting you're worth it, you know, like, and I think we all need to remind ourselves that like we are, like we're worth it and we have everything that we have that we need within ourselves to accomplish the things that we want. We just have to push for it and we have to find it, be, be confident in ourselves, I guess. No, I'd say that's a really good point because, you know, we've grown up in like a society in general, like all over the world, where they'll ask you, what's your five-year plan? You know, like we always get, I hate that question because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do now, like or, or right now. So why are you even asking me that? So honestly, every time I answer that question, I'm BSing that question. I would tell the person, like one, that person, like, I don't know. But I think a good quote that I heard somewhere, I forgot who said it, but he says like, every time someone asks me that question about my company, what's your five-year plan for your company? I can say like, honestly, I can tell you what I'm good at. Why not talk about that? Instead of telling you something that I don't know, to be honest with you, because it's too broad and I'm not gonna give you something that's made up that I'm, I think will work, but it's not gonna work. I'm not gonna waste your time. And it, it is also that question, your five and 10 year plan is, it is relevant, yes, but at the same time, it's, uh, it feels like everybody asked that and it's, it's coming from an interview textbook or something like that. It feels like yeah. everybody has to ask that question. Uh, quite honestly, sometimes you don't know if you gotta be there for five years. You, you don't even know you gotta be there for a year because it's, everything is changing so much. And yes, and, and it's really a good point, Peter, you brought up it's, what am I good at? How can I contribute right now? Because ideally, if you're working for somebody, I'm pretty sure they want you to contribute right away on the first day, not wait five years to contribute. Then. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, it like, you, but, but it goes into like the effect of like, we talked a lot about like that mental health because it does affect you mentally because it, society wise, it gears everybody to think, you gotta think far in the future, like what's going to happen in the future. And I, I just, I think just summing it up to as well, all of us, are, what we're touching on is also patience. I know Dow talking about that confidence and just being confident with yourself and moving forward. And so it's Agnes too, as well, being comfortable with the uncomfortable and that patience too, as well. We're being patient for the short term for that, our long term to be what we want it to be. And it, it's, it's that just patient. It's, we want all this right away. We want to, this is correct. This is how much we got to make. We want that security. We want to look ahead five to 10 years and know where we're going to be. But I, right now it's, it's, and maybe in the future, we don't know. Uh, and we have to be patient with some of those things. And uh, I know it's cliche, be patient, but it is, it is, uh, you don't want to just 
jump right into something and you're like, oh crap, I'm gonna be in this for the next, I don't know, several years, not knowing this is what I want. Uh, so being you're patient for the long term. You know, like you kind of, along with that patience, you're gonna struggle. It's being patient, not with like the people around you, but yourself. It's, it really is like just being patient with yourself because you can be in a place where you're mentally just exhausted. You're like, I'm not going to get there. But, you know, like the most beautiful things come out of you figuring out who you are. And then it eventually everything, it won't line up perfectly, but it'll come together. You know, like we always, before we even end any podcast, we want our guests to share something to our listeners. Whatever you want to share um, to our listeners uh, based on your journey or based on just advice on just anything that you would, would like. I guess we'll go with Dow. Thank you. Uh, I guess what I would like to say is just learning from personal experience that, you know, you truly, you do, everyone has the ability to overcome anything within themselves and you just have to, it's hard work. It's a lot of hard work, um, but you have it and you just have to be dedicated to it. And so, I am open to listening. Anybody who wants to just talk to me about, you know, medical field or like career changes or mental health, like literally anything, I'm here to listen and reach out. And I'm not a professional in any sense, at least not yet, <laughs> but I'm here to listen and I'm here to help you figure it out. So if you want, reach out and um, we can figure things out together. I guess um, my one thing to share is, you know, all of, <clears throat> all of us have kind of had these winding different paths to our careers and multiple people telling us what we should or shouldn't do. And I think my takeaway is that no one experience is wasted. And so, um, you know, we've had so many conversations, Dow, Trent and Peter, um, about how many different things they tried or did before they arrived where they are now. Um, and where they are now is entirely different than what they had intended, you know, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, but that experience that you went through isn't wasted. It's made you a better person, a kinder person, a wiser person, smarter, um, more able to advocate for yourself and others. and. So there's so much value in taking a pause, accepting where you're at, reassessing, and not being afraid to pivot and to explore something new. And so I think I just wanna encourage everyone who's listening um, to really appreciate where you've brought yourself um, and where you have to go still. I like that. Wow. You both summed it up really well. Yeah, you guys, yeah. <laughs> you guys plan this ahead. It <laughs> just flowed right one into another. And speaking of Christmas Eve tomorrow, and Peter, what would you like to share for Christmas? Oh, what, what would I like to share for Christmas? Well, honestly, oh yeah. yeah, just sum it up in this, not really as a gift, gift. Although I'm open to gifts, but you know. Hey, I'll I'll, I'll be by your house. Be like, hey, Trent, I brought you something. Here you go. Come out. <laughs> it's totally I'll fine. Give you a gift. Totally fine t-shirt <laughs> um i'd say like biggest thing like a gift wise i think from everyone like take the risk right like it it may sound like cliche but you know accept the risk it's okay but keep an open mind to it like if you are so don't be scared of doing something if you're not scared of doing something i think there's something wrong you have to be scared of everything you do if you go into something perfectly fine the honest truth is you're going to go to that spiral that you're going to crash because then you realize one day why people have midlife crisis is because they're like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing in my life. Like, why am I doing this? So I say, like, take the risk with an open mind. Do that and you'll be fine. Like, it's okay to make the mistake now. Like a good an entrepreneur said, Jack Ma, founder of Alibaba in China, he always says, like, hey, when you make as many mistakes as you want until you're like from your 30s to mid 30s and then once you're there you have you learned from people you've screwed up now you could put everything together and see who you are and what you want to be 
that that's important like and then yeah failures are okay the journey's gonna be hard and we're not gonna tell you it's easy because it's it's not and you're gonna have people who bash you in the head but it's fine just let them beat at you like turn the other cheek but at the end of the day sit down and be like everything makes me who who i am and no one's gonna change that but you oh wow i would just ask for one but three that's a gift that's a huge hey. gift that is hey. christmas eve christmas new <laughs> year's <laughs> hey they need that for the new year's man i'm, I'm telling you <laughs> uh, and i guess i have two uh i won't include new year's that's later on uh <laughs> but honestly this is you're never too old or never too late to hit that reset button uh we all hit it earlier later whichever it may be they're looking at long term not where you're at right now one of my members at the gym when i was there for 10 plus years one day she's just like hey what are you gonna do after this i was like i'm gonna be here she's like well this is not the end all be all there's more out there honestly i didn't know why she was telling me that but now i understand um so if you have that somebody that just tells you out of nowhere something like that um it's never too late to hit the reset button and two overnight success takes many years be really really patient it might take you 10 years it might take you several several years to get where you want to be but you have to be really patient with that too as well and it's easier said than done um but to put it into perspective it took me almost 10 years to win one dance battle uh one small one took me 10 years uh so and that is just a small battle but just to understand that you learn a lot more from your losses than your wins so uh, your loss will definitely shape you to be a much better person like everybody touched on mentally physically and just be a better leader as it is because you have taken those toll and you dealt with it just fine and uh shoot i I think that was three was that three perfect go straight into the new year go yeah take it with you take take everything with you uh and uh down agnes how could everybody find you so if you want to find me on Instagram, Dow, um, if I, it's not the best Instagram, but I'll accept you. It's Dizow underscore and underscore Terezi. So D-I-Z-Z-A-O underscore and underscore T-A-R-E-E-Z-Y. That's my dog, Terezi. Uh, <laughs> and you can add me on Instagram. I am really good about Facebook. So if you add me on Facebook, just Dow Than, D-A-O-T-H-A-N. You can message me. You can also email me at A-N-H-B-A-O-T-H-A-N at gmail.com. But again, I'm here to listen about anything. So however you want to reach out, however small or big or whatever the problem, I'm here and excited to talk to you all. And then you can find me, Agnes, at AgnesFan7 on Instagram. Uh, That'll be for art, plant pictures, travels, but also any questions or concerns that you guys have. Um, I'm also on Facebook, just Agnes Pham. And then my email, um, you can find me at A-M-N-P-H-A-M at gmail.com. Um, and same goes you know, with what Dow said. Any questions, concerns, anything you want to chat about, I'd be happy to help. And when you're finding them on Instagram or emailing, please give us a follow too as well, or ask us any questions regarding marketing and communication. And no, we can't really help you with the journey with medical field. I just, we still know that's why we leave it up to the professionals for Agnes and Dow. Uh, but when you're on there, please go ahead. My Instagram is Mr. Good underscore all. Mine's Peter underscore the suited marketer. Also, when you're on listening to this podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And while you're there, please leave us a feedback on Hangout Talks and all your listening channels. For everybody to celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody celebrating anything. Thank you for joining us on this day and enjoy tomorrow. Eat. Thank you all for joining us. For spending this year with us, man. Like it's been like, oh, yeah. like a whole year with us. It pretty much is. It's a long eight months time. with hangout talks and hanging out. So thank you for joining us for eight months of your lives and look forward to being with you guys again like next year too. Happy holidays and happy new year. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you.
Thanks. Bye. See you, everybody. See you, everybody. Seasy. What, what, what the heck? See you in season four. Season yeah, we'll see you four. In season four. Oh, man. Fast but rough. Right, Peter? Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye.